Well, I'm sharing part two today of the message called, What is it? What is it? And that's what the Hebrew children said when they woke up one morning in the wilderness and the ground was covered with manna. They had never seen anything like it before. The world had changed. This was a phenomenal thing. And they asked the question, what is it? That's what manna means. What is it? And so that's the question I've been asking. Lord, what is this? This thing that has covered the earth, what is it? I know manna came down from heaven, but this COVID-19 has come up from hell. And it has come to kill and still and destroy. But God can still be glorified in all things. And God will still use things for his glory. And so last week I shared some thoughts. What is it? First off, I said it's a giant, like a cyclops. And it stands before us. And it defies us. But giants not only defy us, they define us. And we, we know our true selves and our true metal. And we know who we really are when we have to stand before giant obstacles or giants uh, of intimidation and fear and, and, and even death. And so this is like a, a cyclops. It's like a giant in the earth. But let's remember, giants define kings and and warriors, and, and they, they show us who we are. They tell us the truth about ourselves. Also, last week, I said that this is also a sifting. It's a, it's a sifter. And uh, it is sifting today wheat from chaff. And I talked last week about how in the church of Jesus Christ that, you know, we have, we have consumer Christians and we have consumed Christians. And sometimes we're not quite sure who's who and what's what, and we don't even know ourselves until a sifting begins to happen. And I, I don't believe that, you know, I, I, re I read a statistic from Kerry Newhoff. He said 48% of all churchgoers in the last month have not even been online to watch church once or haven't attended anything. He said, think about that. Half of the church has not been involved in any church uh, activity for a month, and I asked the question, so is COVID-19 ruining the church, or is it revealing the church? And so there's a sifter, sifting happening right now. This morning, I also want to share with you what I believe, not only a cyclops and a sifter, but I believe this is a shaking, that this is a shaker. And we read in the scriptures about God shaking the earth. We read in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 26, it says, when God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise. Once again, I will shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only unshakable things remain. The New King James Version says that the things which cannot be shaken shall remain. The coronavirus is a shaking, and it appears to be shaking the entire world right now. Everything that can be shaken is being shaken. On April the 25th, five years ago, in 2015... My daughter, Carissa, and I were in Nepal. And we had just finished lunch in a little village named Fake Ding. We were on our third day of descending 
from a great trek to Mount Everest base camp. Two and a half days before that, we had stood at the base camp of Mount Everest, an amazing, an amazing sight. We just finished lunch in this little village, and at 11.56 a.m., what China measured as an 8.1 earthquake struck Nepal. 21 climbers on Mount Everest died immediately, and 9,000 Nepalese people also lost their lives. And the earth shook beyond belief. The Kathmandu Valley shifted three meters. Mount Everest literally dropped in elevation. Everything that could be shaken was shaken. And we were in a steep valley, a couple hundred meters wide is all. And the mountain that made up the other side of this steep valley collapsed. I could not believe my eyes. I, the mountain just began to fall. And so the valley was so steep, and as that mountain fell, I tried to cover my daughter because I thought this mountain that we were up against would collapse and fall on top of us like the other mountain was doing. But it, it didn't. It was shaken, but it didn't fall. It didn't tumble or crumble or disintegrate. Aftershocks continued for days at 15 to 30 minute intervals. As a matter of fact, the next day, when we were finally in Kathmandu, a 6.7 measured aftershock hit us while we were in a small building. And I actually thought we were going to die in the aftershock even more than I did in the actual earthquake. Now, let me just take a few minutes and share with you what I learned while the world was shaking. First, I learned why some mountains fall and why some mountains don't fall at all. The mountain just to my right just 200 meters away that fell was rocks and dirt. I will never forget the visual image of slow motion, this collapsing mountain. I actually thought it was the end of the world. The mountain that didn't fall, the one that we were up against, was trees and plants and shrubs and brush. It was teeming with life. It was covered in living organic flora with roots that intertwined and held together, supporting, sustaining, and stabilizing the mountain. That was the difference. When roots go deep into a mountainside, that mountain will not fall. In the shaking... The mountain with no growth on it, no life on it, and no roots in it, fell. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 7 teaches us, keep your roots deep in him. Build your lives on him 
and become stronger in your faith. Deep roots, deep roots are not easily shaken. And deep roots entwined together with other deep roots will never be shaken. We read in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 16, under his control, all the different parts of the body fit together. We're talking about the body of Christ. We're talking about the church. We're talking about the bride of Christ. Under his control, all the different parts of the body fit together, and the whole body is held together. It's held together by every joint which it is provided. So when each separate part works as it should, the whole body grows and builds itself up through love. Family, this is the time for us to be more connected with each other, more committed to each other, more concerned for each other than we have ever been before in our history. This coronavirus seems fixated on keeping us distanced and detached and disconnected. And you know, if I were the enemy and I wanted to bring down the church, the mountain of the Lord, that's exactly what I would do. I would get it to dis, just disconnect. This pandemic demands that we insulate and separate and isolate. And it has the potential to weaken our community and our unity. And COVID-19 is a shaker. And it seems like it's trying to shake us apart. But I make a decree today that it may muzzle our meeting and suppress our singing and hinder our hugging. But together, we will outlive this and we will outlast this. And this is not going to shake us apart. It's going to shake us together. Pressed down, shaken together. I feel the agenda seems to be to shake us apart. But the opposite is going to happen. And it is going to shake us Together, because together we are unstoppable. Together we are unsinkable and unshakable. We are stronger and stouter and sturdier together. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 3, we read, Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. Endeavoring. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. The word endeavor means making every effort purposely, intentionally, deliberately putting effort, endeavoring to keep together the spirit of unity in the bond of peace. And that's why we read in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some. 
And according to what Gary Newhoff is saying, it's truly the manner of some, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as we see the day approaching. I love this scripture in the Passion Translation. It says, this is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. What habit? What habits are we forming over these five months now? What are the habits that we are forming? This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together as some have formed the habit of doing because we need each other. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate that dawning day. Family, look, not being in the building should make us even more resolved and even greater in our commitment to stay connected like we have never been connected before. Come on, call, text, FaceTime, Skype, Zoom, chat, connect group, watch parties, online church. I decree we will not be shaken from our fellowship and our friendship as members of the body of Christ. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. The English Standard Version says, Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Governments can be shaken. Media can be shaken. uh, Medical can be shaken. But this kingdom of God that we are receiving cannot be shaken. And everything will be shaken that can be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken shall remain. So firstly, when the world shook, On the 25th of April in 2015, I learned why some mountains fall and some stand tall. Secondly, what I learned when the earth was shaking was about suspension bridges. Suspension bridges. On a good day and in good weather, They're rather intimidating. We had three still to cross after an 8.1 shaking of the earth. They still had dust rising up out of the valleys and caverns below. Literally all the way up to the top where the bridge was. And we had to step out in faith that they would hold us up. COVID-19 is shaking not only our community and unity or what I would call it's shaking our fellowship, but it's shaking our faith. Our faith is being 
shaken. Stepping out on a suspension bridge after a major earthquake is literally stepping out in faith and believing that this will hold us up and we will not plunge to our death. We felt like Peter stepping out of the boat in that raging sea when Jesus bid him come. Our faith is being shaken. Our faith is being tried and tested right now. And you don't know if your faith is real until it's been contested or questioned or confronted. We don't know if what we believe is a convenience or a conviction until we've been shook to our core. Until doubt and despair invade our thoughts and assault our beliefs, we don't know if our faith is real or not. There is no faith without doubt. There is no trust without uncertainty. And we read in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, Now, for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, but it may be found unto the praise, the honor, and the glory at the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. What has your faith endured? What has your belief withstood? Are you being tested? Is your faith being tested right now by fire? Is suspicion and cynicism and uncertainty calling you out? Everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken shall remain. Let me read this verse in 1 Peter from the New Living Translation. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, and may I just add in here, through much shaking. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, and again, I'm adding, and much shaking, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day that Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. The shaking of our faith validates its authenticity. Is it real? We read in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 32, how much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith. To recount the stories of the faith of Gideon and, and uh, Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David. It would take to recount the stories of faith. The story of your faith and my faith is still being written. It's being written right now. It's being written as the whole world shakes. Now the stories of their faith have already been written. And listen, 
By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions. They quenched the flames of fire and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back from death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. And our faith is not fragile. It is contestable. This is a shaking. And our fellowship, community and unity is being shaken. And our faith is being shaken. And finally, the third thing I learned in Nepal is that foundations are revealed when the world is shaking. I learned this not from the buildings of Nepal, but from the people of Nepal. What I saw in the heart and character of the Nepalese people, it moved me and touched me deeply. There was no rioting or looting or ransacking or robbing, no plundering or pillaging. I saw dignity and humanity and kindness. No one harming or taking advantage of another's disadvantage. When we finally got to Kathmandu, which was an ordeal to get from the mountain back to the town of Kathmandu, when we finally got there, we found that Kathmandu was a train wreck. But I saw a man on the street with bananas. And I knew we had muesli bars, enough to last for some days. And I thought, if I can buy those bananas, we will be okay for several days. I walked up to that man, and I asked him how much he wanted for, for his bananas. Two dollars. I would have given him $200 for those bananas. That's how desperate I was. Their foundation, their fundamentals were not forsaken or forgotten. They did not cast off their moral code of conduct. There was kindness. Their world had just been shaken apart. Their streets were filled with wreckage and rubble and ruin. But they were not hoarding. They were not hurting or harming or fighting over what little remained. A shaking will reveal our foundations and our fundamentals. What is it, Lord? What is this 
thing that we have to endure. Make it go away. But while it's here, what is it? It's a shaking. And in a shaking, foundations are revealed. It's a giant. But giants introduce us to ourselves. It's a sifter. But sifting separates the wheat from the shaft and the consumers from the consumed. It's a shaker. But it is not shaking us apart. It is shaking us together, pressed down stronger than ever before. It is not shaking us down. It is shaking us loose. From our faith that's growing even stronger the more it's tried. It's not shaking us out. It's shaking us up to live to the standard, to the fundamental values in our core beliefs. It is shaking us up out of our complacency in our consumer Christianity. Next week, I want to share with you the most important part of this series. And that is... This is a setup for what God wants to do in these last days. So let me ask you today, in this shaking, let me ask you to commit yourself to community like you have never committed before. And I know we're limited. I know tonight we'll have 100 people in the building. That's all they will allow us to have. But we can still connect like, as a matter of fact, we've never been able to connect more conveniently. You know, the excuse used to be, oh, well, I worked, I couldn't come to church. You know, I slept in or I, I, I worked or the, or the kids had soccer. You can watch it on demand. I'm going to ask you to crave community like you've never in your life. Let your roots go deep. Because listen, when we are entwined together, the whole earth could shake apart and we will still be standing. And your faith may be in for a fight. Don't think it's the end of the world when doubt and uncertainty and fear buffet you. No. That's what we do. We fight those things. We stand. And we still remain standing when those things crumble. So that our faith is found when Jesus returns strong and in him. And have a look at your foundation. Does this make you want to be self-surviving? Or does this make you want to be self-giving and self-serving? Our foundations are revealed in a crisis. So I'm going to ask you to take the thoughts of today and the challenges of today and apply them to your life. And then next week, I want to share the most important part of this series, how that this is a setup for what God wants to do in the last days. Amen. God love you.